The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hey, that's me, Deb Tomorrow. I am your host for Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. We're here to talk about all things real estate and what's real. How many times can I say the word real in one opening uh, paragraph? As many as possible. We're keeping it real in real estate. So, telling you what is uh, what. The fallacies in HGTV and what really goes on and what you really need to know. So I am joined today, as always, by Karen Rastel, who is the best damn letter in the state of Indiana. Say hello, Karen. Hello, world. We're just having a fascinating conversation about how Karen needs to work in uh, Karen's husband, Tony. We love him. <laughs> he keeps them on the straight and the arrow on their budget. He could probably teach budgeting classes better than Dave Ramsey. He might be right up there with Dave yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, they have spreadsheets and monthly budget meetings yes. for the household. Yes, we do. So, uh, and because both of them are sort of, you know, in the banking industry and have kind of their own businesses, they uh, have budgets for their businesses. And we were discussing the fact how, because Karen is a lender points to things, she needs to ask Tony to. Uh, to include having regular, um, like every two weeks, every 10 days, uh, manicures. <laughs> manicures. So that when you point to things. That my nails look nice. Yeah. That's all. See, I don't know that I could do that because I break my nails so often trying to get into all these different darn lock boxes that are on houses. They all have their own little tricks or trying to undo locks or whatever. I'm always busting nails on them. So. I don't know. I don't know. But that's legit. So we're going to start an online petition. Yeah. (laughs) uh, For Tony, let Karen put manicures in her business budget. Yes. I think that's a great idea. All right. Awesome. So, do you remember last week's show? I do. It was a good show. It was. We had some good feedback. Uh, I think really one of our favorites. So, I want to encourage everyone out there to check it out. Uh, We talked about uh, disclosures, which sounds pretty boring because it's kind of a legal thing. But we got into some really good topics about... Do you have to disclose if someone died in the house? Do you have to disclose if the house is haunted or if the house is being stalked and things like that? So some really good All stories. fascinating things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got a, a good shout out on Twitter from diedinhouse.com. And uh, I sent them off a little ad. They said, hey, send us your ad. We'll put it up on our website for a month. So they say it's there. I haven't been able to find it yet. So I'm sure they buried it on page 56 of their website or something. But anyways, it's out there. Um, so a great resource. There's tons of great resources out there. I just want to remind everyone that I can be a resource as well. Um, even if you live in anywhere in the world, I know we've got listeners in Japan and Lithuania and 
I don't even know where all. I haven't looked at the numbers this week, but all over the world. But um, I can help you find a realtor. I can help just answer some questions. I had someone from Virginia who was asking me questions about 100% financing loans and pros and cons for that. Oh, which interesting. I, yeah, yeah, which I thought was an interesting question. So um, just go to my website, which is realrealestatetoday.com, and there's a button that you can click on Start Here, and that will uh, allow you to enter some information and ask me any questions that you have. Uh, and that is also where you can find archived episodes of the show. So if you missed last week's show, go back and listen to it because it's good, good stuff. Um, you know, at the beginning of every show, we usually talk about HGTV or some HGTV gossip or something like that. I was looking around for some gossip. I didn't see much. It's summertime time it's kind of quiet but I found a quiz that I want to give you okay okay so it's only six questions I'm gonna try and pull it up here on my iPad I'm all technology today which HGTV show should you appear on I know which one I'd like to appear on but let's well Chipper and Joanna and Chuck and whatever yes yeah okay well let's see I think that's one of the I'll tell you which one once we get through and I'll tell you which one okay I got when I answered it okay so we're just gonna answer these six questions okay which room in your house do you want to renovate the kitchen the bathroom the basement the living room the entryway or the outdoors kitchen all right uh, what kind of neighborhood do you want to live in and I take this to mean kind of like in your dream home kind of thing okay so suburban rural urban historic district the one I'm in now I'm open to many options I would say suburban, yeah, the suburban one. But not quite the one you're in now. Maybe, maybe Maybe. not. (laughs) On a scale of one being low and six being high, what is your budget like? Now I'm asking you, not Tony. For a home in our area? Or for a remodel. For a remodel? Or whatever, yeah. Oh. One being low, six being high. You're asking me? Yeah. I would, if it were me, I would be answering five. Okay. And if it were Tony... Probably two. Zero. <laughs> oh, two. You give it two. I, I didn't give them that much benefit of the doubt. Love you, Tony. Um, a new neighbor moves in. What do you do? I like this one. Tour their home. Help them renovate. Invite them to dinner. Peek in their windows. Tell them about the neighborhood. Nothing, really. Um, Which would probably be what I would answer. Normally, I'd say nothing, really. But I would say tell them about the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, you do. You're good at that. All right. Describe your style. Is it simple, clean, rustic, modern, comfortable, or traditional? Comfortable. Comfortable. You got a comfortable couch. I've sat in it before. Okay, let's see. Now, this is a blast from the past. Choose an older home improvement show. Do you remember these trading spaces? Love that one. This old house. Love it. Designer's Challenge. Design on a dime. While you were out, do you remember that was a good one? Yes. Um, or Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Of those choices, mm-hmm. I just mentioned to someone, I missed the show, Design on a Dime. I don't know that one. Oh, I loved it. I loved the host. I loved the show. Right. I loved it. Choose an upgrade your home needs to have. Open floor plan. No, you have that. Hardwood floors, maybe granite countertops. Outdoor entertaining. Historic charm or a basement suite. I would say outdoor entertaining. Because <laughs> you just priced out a fire pit. Yes. <laughs> just thought about the fire pit. All right. Oh, gosh. This one's funny. I didn't even think about this one. If you recall, I think we talked about how Karen had a massive plumbing leak uh, last October that flooded her entire house and caused her basement ceiling to crash. So you notice a leak in your plumbing. What do you do? And unfortunately, I, I messaging Deb. Deb on Facebook at midnight <laughs> on Saturday is not on here. All right. Uh, do you upgrade the system? Do you fix it yourself? Do you consider moving? That's what your son Jack yeah he was like let's move it to the next neighborhood over (laughs) Uh, find a cheap solution call the landlord or redo the bathroom while i'm at it i would choose redo the bathroom while i'm at it okay 
which we did. All right. You got. No. Love no. it or list it. See, that's what I got too. Uh, I think it's rigged. That's the one. That's the one show that I'm just not. I'm not that into because they're mean. It's not that. I don't know. I just, I just that's not the show. But okay. I, I, I've watched it on occasion. I know. That's what I got, too. Oh, but wow. other people in the comments said that they got, like, Income Property and Rehab Addict and House Hunters. So, I don't know. Okay. So, we're going to post a link to that quiz. It's not from BuzzFeed.com. They have tons of fun quizzes I'm gonna there. I'm going to keep redoing it until I get the show you get the show you want. And yes. then you can post it on Facebook and be like, there you go. That's how I got it. So, anyways, I thought that was a little fun little blip to start the show. Before we get into the heavy, which is home inspections. We are going to talk about home inspections today. I have a feeling this is going to end up being a two-part series um, because as I was working on my notes, it really, I'm finally learning after doing this show for 12 weeks that, um, you know, five pages of notes is too much for a one-hour show. No, but it's hard to, hard to like cover everything that we want to cover in a one-hour show. Right. So, right. So, um, yeah, we probably just need to expand the show to three hours. Daily. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not get <laughs> excited. Let's not get excited. Right, exactly. Um, we did get good news, though. We are signed on for another year. So Woo-hoo. we will be around for a long, long time to come. So um, it's okay if this inspection show goes over a course of four or five episodes because I have 52 weeks to come up with topics for. Today we're going to talk about topics more in the principle. So uh, rather than talking about actual things that are found during inspections or how sellers can prepare for the inspections, that's all really good information. We're going to get to that, but that's another show. Um, So we're going to talk more today about the background, setting the stage and sort of giving you the foundation. What's the purpose of inspections? How to get the most protection out of your inspection experience? How do inspections play into the buyer's and seller's contractual obligations? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that in your purchase agreement, there's some legally binding contractual obligations. It sounds really heavy, but hey, you're buying a house. There's deadlines. Uh, and There's deadlines and all kinds of good stuff. And what do smart sellers and buyers need to know and plan for? Um, I'm actually, I, you know, started working on this show last week. But ended up last night as I was trying to kind of, you know, still flush the show out a little bit more in the middle of two very complicated inspection responses um, with buyers. But but then I thought, you know, as I'm sort of like complaining, oh, I've got this, you know, yours is always like, you always have an inspection deadline. I'm like, yeah, I guess I pretty much always do. When you sell a lot of real estate, you always have inspection deadlines coming up. I know for sellers, it's one of the most stressful time periods. I could imagine. Between when it's not, you know, getting the offers, between the time you get the offer and you get that inspection response. And for buyers, it can be very overwhelming too. So that's really, you know, from a real estate perspective, if there's realtors listening out there or newer realtors listening out there, that's when you really need to kind of take the extra care, not only with your clients, but also making sure you're protected. Um, You know, one of the realtors that I started, she owned the brokerage that I first started at. She's been in the business a very, very long time. And uh, she always said, be the resource, not the source. And I really, I take that to heart. So, you know, I give my clients options, point them in the right direction. I help them understand what their legal contractual obligations are. But I'll never be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Don't worry about that. And I'm sure there are realtors out there who have those conversations. I wondered. That was one of the things I was thinking. Mm -hmm. 
Do you say, ah, that's a minor issue. Let's move past it. I will kind of give statistics. And that was one of the conversations I had with a client this morning was that he saw something and it made him want to run away. And I said, first of all, you know, I kind of explained this contractual obligations. We're going to get into that. And then I also talked about how common it is that I see that item. Talk about radon? No. Okay. (laughs) And it's not to say, but yes, I mean, radon is one, an example of that. And it's not to say that you should... Because I say, you know what? I see that in 80% of the houses around here. That doesn't mean let it go. It just means to put it in perspective. If you're going to kill this deal, if you're going to try and walk away from this house because of this one issue, you're going to be severely limited Mm -hmm. as to any other house you can buy um, because it's probably going to be an issue in a lot of the other houses. And, you know, after having sold, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses, you start to realize that things are fixable. Um, And we just need to, you know, I felt like my buyer in this situation just needed to dig in a little bit more, get some more experts out there to explain to him what could be done, what the chances of recurrence were, you know, because my goal is that my clients can close their eyes at the end of the night and go to sleep and not worry about the house falling down around them or killing them or anything like that. Um, So sometimes that means we need to do a little bit more due diligence and a little bit more digging in. So that uh, that's kind of where I am right now. I want to go over some vocabulary really, really quickly before we dive into our 10 inspection things that we're not going to get to today. We'll probably get to four of the 10. Um, and one is this concept of inspection versus appraisal, um, because I hear this a lot. I think there's a lot of confusion. The appraisal and Karen's like, uh-huh, yep. Inspection and appraisal are completely separate entities. They, um, no one requires you to do an inspection. No one requires you to do an inspection. I tell my clients I will absolutely judge you if you don't do an inspection. <laughs> kind of jokingly, but not. But no one's going to require you to do it. There are very few occasions where I would feel comfortable with someone not doing an inspection. Um, but uh, it does happen. And appraisal, and we're going to talk about this, I think, um, when we come back from break. So, um, But we're going to talk about how the lender's kind of role in um, the appraisal inspection. Because an appraiser goes out and does inspect the property. Yes, the appraiser calls their work the inspection. Right, so we'll talk but about it's that. not the inspection. It's not the inspection. Okay, so we're going to talk about that when we come back from break in just a couple minutes. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
you've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we are back and talking inspections. So, hey, do me a favor, and as we go through today's show, if you come across any questions that we haven't answered yet, jot them down. Send them to me on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, it's T-O-M-A-R-O, or you can email them to me at deb at realrealestatetoday.com. I think next week we're going to be answering listener mail, but specifically about inspections. So we are going to keep riding the inspection roller coaster um, through next week and answer some questions. So we're compiling them, so send them along as you come across, because I know you're out there, sometimes I imagine people you know shouting at their iPhones or wherever they're listening to the show. I know a lot of people download it from iTunes but or shouting at their computer screens asking me questions and I can't hear them. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is like edge of your seat. I need to have this answer. Well, there is that too. Yes. I mean, because it is that compelling. Okay, so we are talking about some vocabulary terms, inspection versus appraisal. So, um, uh, Karen, you want to talk a little bit about... Well, I wanted to say from the last segment that, um, I mean, most lenders don't require a copy of the home inspection. However, if you're doing a certain loan program, like for example, if you're purchasing a bank-owned property, that lender may require the home inspection as part of its normal underwriting. And why? I believe it's... it's to make sure it's not a crap hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. I believe it's just so that they've, they've gone that extra due diligence to see the actual home inspection. They want to mm-hmm. make sure that when they are conditioning for the approval of that loan that things that are considered major defects are actually, you know, taken care of. Not something that the buyer says, oh, I can live with that. Right. I'll, you know, I'll fix that once I'm in there kind of thing. But yeah. And I've um, seen a couple grant programs, too, that require um, review of the uh, inspection report. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, but but basically my my... My rule of thumb to clients is don't share your inspection report with your lender. It just correct opens up too many cans of worms, asks yes. too, forces too many questions. They don't want to see it. They don't need to see it. But in appraisal, they are going to check. We've talked about this in the past. They are going to check. The appraiser is going to check on the condition of the home. Now, they're not licensed inspectors. They don't have the same knowledge level as home inspectors do. So you shouldn't rely on that. Uh, to replace your home inspection. But what are those things looking, what are they looking for, the appraiser? They're looking for the um, stability, like safety, soundness, and stability. So like the three S's is what I would say. So anything that the appraiser visibly 
can see with their eye that appears to be defective, they will notate that in their report. And if they're doing a particular loan program, let's say a government loan program, they are doing extra things in that that are required by HUD to have in that um, appraisal report. But again, we're looking for safety and soundness. Is the home habitable? Um, are there any you know structural issues? Obvious issues. Yeah. Is the roof... Yeah, I had an appraiser once on a house I was buying. It was a bank-owned home uh, for an investment. And the previous owners, at some point in time, they were putting a new roof on the house, and they just left a bundle of shingles on the roof. They just left it there. I remember you talking about it. Yeah, and nobody ever bothered to go up and get it. And so the appraiser, who happened to be pretty short, um, I know her. She's not that tall. And so I think she couldn't really see what was going on up there, but she knew something was going on up there. So she flagged that in my appraisal, and I had to get an inspector out to just inspect the roof lift up the bundle of shingles, say everything's fine, and then I had to submit that portion of the inspection report to the lender. But oh. that wasn't, you know, anybody, she wasn't saying my roof was bad. Yeah, it was just something, if they if they visually see something, um, morally they should put it in the report yeah. that they saw this. No different if they go into like a, a crawl space or a uh, basement that has concrete, con- concrete blocks, mm-hmm. but they see like a... Giant gap in the not, box. Not just a giant gap. I was going to talk about a possible like water line. Like, oh, okay. You see like the past remnants uh-huh. of like a maybe there was standing water in there. Right. They'll Mud note, in the corner. Sometimes yeah, you see. Yeah. They'll notate that. Okay. And but the point is, don't rely on that. That is not a substitute for an inspection. You still need to have your own inspection. And I just wanted to point that out because it's a common misuse of words. Uh, another word I wanted to discuss uh, was contingency. And I think most people probably know what the word contingency is, or you can Google it. But most contracts do allow for an inspection contingency, which means that closing the transaction is dependent on the buyer being satisfied with the condition of the house. That is standard, so you should expect that. I always get people like, well, you know, we need to make sure there's an inspection contingency. Well, yeah. We're going to make sure of that. Um, there are also financing contingencies, appraisal contingencies, insurance insurance contingencies, all kinds of contingencies within the purchase contract. Um, however, there is usually a process that you have to follow to exercise that contingency to get out of a contract. And we're going to talk about that. Hopefully, we'll get to that today. That you can't just, in, in most cases, you can't just be like, mm, nope, I'm going to walk away from this contract. There are things you have to do to kind of show you made an effort and do your due diligence. Um, because once you sign a purchase agreement and the seller, a buyer signs and a seller signs, you have a binding contract. And then we get into, you know, legal uh, contract law, uh, which I'm not an attorney. I should probably say that every five minutes or so on this show. And then the other uh, vocabulary word I wanted to make sure that people understood was the concept of earnest money. I always use the analogy that earnest money show a buyer puts down some earnest money at the time they make an offer to show the seller that they have some skin in the game. And then everybody always looks at me and doesn't understand what I, my analogy. So does that not, I need I to come up with a better that. analogy? So it just means you're not going to walk away for no reason whatsoever. If you just disappear off the face of the earth, the seller gets to keep your earnest money. But you don't lose it. Typically, if you follow through on the contract, it comes back at closing towards your closing cost, your down payment. Um, but if the deal falls through and you have followed the process that's laid out in the contract, say, for example, on inspections, then there's something massively wrong and you've followed the process and done what you're supposed to do and you can't come to an agreement with the seller, then you can terminate the purchase and you can get your earnest money back. But you have to follow that process. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. All right. So there we go. 
That's page one of my five pages today. <laughs> Not sure we're going to make it. All right. Why do you do an inspection? Did you do an inspection when you bought your house, Karen? Um, I did not. Because it was new construction, right? Correct. Yeah. And I had said before that there are a few times where I can sleep okay at night. Um, and new construction is one of them. Some people feel like, you know, hey, the, the county or the building department has come out and inspected the, throughout the process. Plus, you probably had warranties by the builder. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. they Those usually the have. reasons why we didn't do it. Yeah. And, and so I can see that. It's not going to keep me up at night. But there are people who do uh, inspections on new construction and find things. And, uh, you know, I'm going to skip ahead to where I have it further down what the cost of an inspection is. But I mean, it's typically three to $600. It depends on what level of inspections you have. But just your basic home inspections would be three, $350. Mm-hmm. If you're buying something, oh, where's my calculator? I got to do some math. Hold on. Oh, I don't know where my calculator is. I mean, in retrospect, I wish we would What have. percentage of, so you buy a $180,000 house. What's the percentage? This is where Tony would come in handy Hold because on. he would know this off the top of I can do this. Head. I can do this. 180. <laughs> can you do that math in a second? Yes, he can. That is two-tenths of a percent of the price of the house. See? So worth it. I wish we would have done one. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think you would have found? Well, I think my house was built during the the building boom, mm-hmm. like right before the market crashed in yeah. 2007, mm-hmm. 8-ish. No, let's, I've been there longer than that. But either way, I Early think 2000s. That, yeah, I think that there were some things that maybe the inspector that did come out during the building of it didn't really. They were in a hurry. They had a thousand houses yes. on their list that day yes. and yes. they just didn't catch. Correct. People make mistakes. Yes. Second set of eyes never hurts. Yeah. Well, and the other reason you should have done an inspection is because this is my take on inspections. I always tell my buyers when I teach my first time home buyer class, home inspection is really 50% protecting your soon-to-be investment, okay? That's only half of it. The other half of it is learning, educating yourself about your home. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get. So, you know, did you walk into the home and go, okay, now how do I change that furnace filter? No, I didn't. So I still let Tony change Yeah, because you still don't know, right? Yeah. But had you been idea. at the home inspection... They might have, you know, shown you that or shown you some things that to watch for. You know, one of the things with new homes is that the ground always settles around the house um, and then you get some water issues yeah, so because your it's all aren't your spouts are not taking the far enough away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's 50 percent looking for those latent hidden defects and it's 50 percent educating yourself about how to protect your investment going forward. A good inspector welcomes you to be there standing over their shoulder asking questions Um, those are the inspectors I want my clients to use the ones that want you there and they're going to tell you things like we talked about how to change the furnace filter how to improve the lifespan of your gutters um, you know how to uh, you know improve the value of your home and just protect it so that's one of the big reasons about why you do an inspection Um, I had a, a, a quick story of a a it was my listing, and the gentleman called me on my listing, so I kind of en- ended up representing both sides of the transaction. Very, very inexpensive rental property he was buying as an investment. Chose not to do an inspection, and this kind of relates back to last week's episode. He chose to rely on the disclosures. I didn't realize that's what he was relying on. He was just like, eh, you know, it's like a $38,000 house. I'm just not going to worry about inspections if something comes up, whatever, because he just was trying to get in the door without a lot of money. There were t- but there were tenants in it. So about a week or so after 
closing, he calls me and he says, well, there's electrical issues in the house. And that wasn't on the disclosures. Well, you know, we talked about disclosures, that sellers are supposed to disclose everything, but they can't disclose what they don't know. Right. And these sellers, it was an investment property. They had never lived there. They relied on their tenants. And I, tenants don't always tell you when stuff is wrong or an outlet's not working they or something's funky. They may not even funky. know. Right. right. They may not even know. So, um, you know, there wasn't really a lot that he could do about that situation. So, unfortunate, um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a hugely expensive thing to fix, but um, he was a little disappointed. So, um, you know, regardless of the disclosures, caveat emptor. What's that mean? Buyer beware. Good job, Karen. A for today. Give me a gold star. Uh, or take a drink, you know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um so that is a little bit of my lecture on why you should do inspections. Now, when do you do inspections? Typically, it's once the offer is accepted because you don't want to waste money on an inspection and then have someone make an offer on the house and beat you to that binding contract and then you've just thrown that money away. And a lot of people get confused about that as well. So you want to make the offer first and then you make it contingent on inspections. However, in some markets, I was doing some reading and I've heard this before too, people coming um, to our little town of Bloomington, Indiana from other really, really hot markets um, is that inspections may be done before making an offer so that, that c- the offer can be made um, without an inspection contingency. Because again, like make it make the process go faster? Well, or? it can make it go faster, but it just makes your offer stronger. So what a lot of markets do is they'll say, okay, houses go on the, on the market Thursday. We're going to review offers next Tuesday. Everybody get your inspections done and get your okay. offers in. Yeah. And then so that that way they're not making an inspection contingency. They take all of the, anything they might come up on the inspection, they take that into account when they make their offer. I see. So okay. it minimizes the chances of the deal falling through, which is for a seller is a great thing. But that's really... Um, a market-driven thing. So again, what I'm talking about and a lot of the um, stories and information and advice I'm giving you is based on my experience, which is a realtor in Indiana, and what the customs are here. So I certainly would encourage you to, um, you know, talk with your local lender about um, about what the customs are there wherever you are because they can be a little bit different. So we're going to go to our next break and uh, and come back and keep talking and see if we can get, we got through page two of my five pages of notes. So um, I'm feeling not at all confident, <laughs> but it's good information. All right. So we will be back in a minute. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest... 
show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. We are talking inspections today, but I need to give a quick shout out to our number one fan, Gene Cannon, who just texted me that Karen needs to talk a little closer to the mic. And I will do that now, Gene. Thank you. And maybe if I sell one more house, I can buy you your own microphone. Or that. Do you think? It just makes us a lot closer. I know. Yeah. And very breath conscious with the amount of cough drops that have been going through my system lately. But look, we are halfway through the show and I haven't coughed yet. Yay. So, yay. I won't even tell you what I'm doing to keep from doing that. But anyways, okay, so we were talking about timelines uh, for inspections when they are done. Um, and I just real quick, finishing up on that topic, once inspections are complete, you kind of go back into a negotiation phase with um, both parties to address any needed repairs. We're going to talk about what those repairs might be. What are the things you should be negotiating And there are timelines and deadlines associated with that. So two tips I want to give you. One, remember when you are negotiating on price that you still have another basically round of negotiations to go uh, in inspections. And so I always advise my buyers, try not to piss the sellers off too much because we want them feeling okay by the time we get to inspections so that they'll fix the things that you want them to fix. So just something to consider that you're not quite done uh, negotiating once you finish up with the purchase price. And second, um, when we talk about timelines, don't be a jerk. I love that. I'm going to be really blunt about it because I've had some uh, other parties be jerks to my clients this year and it kind of works me off. Um, If you're asking, if you're the buyer and you're asking the seller for like $20,000 in repairs, that's a lot of money. Don't give them a day and a half over a holiday weekend to respond to you. If you're asking for that level of repairs, you need to give the seller some time to get some estimates, to digest it, to run their numbers, to figure out if they can even do it. Or, you know, figure out if the requests are legitimate. Um, so just don't be a jerk at all during inspections. And I may have to make that into a t-shirt as well. Yeah. We talk about demand to understand is my slogan. On yeah, the back, it might re- be a, don't be a jerk during inspections. That and be a resource, not a source. Right. All oh, I've got a whole mm, coffee table book time, I think. There you go. Yeah, you know, the point is to remember everybody wants the same thing. The buyer wants to buy the house and seller wants to sell the house. And we have a process that we have to go through. And, uh, you know, 
even though we're working against each other, we really are working for the same goal. So just don't be a jerk. Give people plenty of time to do what they need to do, um, you know, get the information that they need, uh, do their due diligence so that everybody feels comfortable at the end of the day. All right, number three, we did talk about this already. What does an inspection cost? Um, and again, that varies by area. It's usually between three and $600. It depends on some of the extras you add on. And again, this is, I think, very location dependent as well. Um, you know, around here, radon testing, um, I'm not even going to give you my opinion about that, but radon testing is a popular add-on and that's, gosh, a couple hundred dollars, I think, um, that is added on to like the base inspections, usually $350, $400, and then you add radon testing. Some people might want lead paint testing. Some people want, might want mold testing. Uh, I think in California, there's some like earthquake testing and things like that. So different areas have different add-ons sure. that can, can rack up. And I encourage my clients to do their research. I always say, you know, do some go- Googling on radon because, again, I want to provide resources, but I don't want to be the source. I don't want to be like, oh, you don't need to worry about radon or whatever. Um, What are the types of things that are inspected? I'm going to grab, this is a copy of a home inspection report from one of my favorite home inspectors. His name is Mark Walcott. Um, I'm sure he's probably not listening because he's probably in a crawl space somewhere, (laughs) but he's a good guy. Um, So here's a list of things. This is the, the beginning of his inspection report, which is typically about, oh my goodness, probably 50 pages long. Um, he's going to look at the grounds, like walk the whole yard outside, look at the grounds, the exterior of the house, the siding, um, the, anything of the mechanicals are outside, if there's a heat bump, or AC units, things like that, the roof, the garage, the kitchen, the laundry room, the bathrooms, the bedrooms, any other rooms, just the interior in general. He's looking at the walls. He's looking for cracks. He's looking for settlement. He's looking for, um, he's going to check all the electrical outlets. They'll go up in the attic where no one ever wants to go, which is another great reason to have a home inspection because, Karen, how many times have you been on your roof? Never. Never. Yeah, I've never been on my roof either. Never. Um, How many times have you been in your attic? Never. Never. You should do that this weekend. No, we don't have a, we don't have a ladder. Like it's one of those. I'll bring you a ladder. I have one on top no, of my No, I mean, hand. we have a ladder, but you have to stand, I'm, I have a fear of heights. So you have to stand on the top of the ladder. Yeah. And then you're in a and like pull two by up. two square hole yeah. cut in the middle of the garage ceiling. Right. Then you have to hoist yourself up. I right. lack an upper body strength. <laughs> and so. You can stand on my shoulders. What we do is all of our Christmas stuff is up there. So yeah. when it comes time, Tony's standing there handing me stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I don't go up there. So would you say it would be worth $350 to have someone else go in the attic and check it out for you? Yeah. I mean, there Bingo. could be things living up there that I don't exactly. even know about. Well, you know, in the attic's a great way to tell if you've got an active roof leak. Because True. you're looking for the, the stains on the undersiding there. So anyways, they go in there. They'll uh, you know look at the basement, the foundation. The, they'll go in the crawl space. You don't have a crawl space. No. If you had a crawl space, would you ever go in it? Uh, no. Heck no. I had a contractor email me this morning, Zach. And he was looking at one of my houses. And he goes, I just want you to know that as I came out of the crawl space, I saw I stepped on one of the biggest snakes I've ever seen. And ran away screaming like a little girl. Stop. No, 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 no. And this guy's like a bison farmer. He's got like in a drummer in a band and stuff. Yeah, and he's a yeah. pretty tough guy. No, yeah. I would not go. My parents like have a, a house girl. that has a crawl space. No, thank you. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, they look at all the plumbing. They look at all the electrical systems. They take the cover off the electric panel. They look at the heating system, the cooling system. So they really go into detail. A normal home inspection is going to take three to four hours. Uh, with a good home inspector. So, and then what they're going to do is um, look at each component, see if it works, see if it's free from defects. And then 
they are going to kind of rate each one. And so here's how Mark, every home inspector uses different terms. This is how Mark uses it. it is, is it satisfactory, which means that it's working, it's fine. Is it marginal, which means that it's working, but it you know, may have some issues or it might be something you need to budget for replacement in the next five years. Okay. That's where the education piece of a home inspection comes in. Um, if it's working, you can't really ask a seller to fix something that isn't broken. Um, but you need to know that and you need to budget for that because guess what? You're a homeowner now and you're going to have expenses. Stuff's going to happen. Uh, then in the next, so satisfactory marginal poor, which indicates that it will need replacement uh, or repair in the very near future. Significant issue means it doesn't work. Um, and, or a safety hazard, which means obviously it's a safety hazard, health and safety hazard to a human being. So... So if someone um, received Mark's report and it had something listed as, listed as poor, is that something that you could negotiate? You can always try to negotiate anything. However, the question really is, is it reason to kill a deal? Sure. Is it reason to terminate, invoke that inspection contingency, walk away from a transaction, and get your earnest money back? And that's where it gets sticky. Um, because if my opinion is if it's working, there's nothing that you can ask the seller to fix. And the seller's obligation is to provide you with working mechanicals. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in detail. Um, hopefully in the last segment, we'll get to it. But I wanted to talk in this segment a little bit more about this, because this is another one. You know how we always get people that we talked about, um, people confuse appraisal and inspection. Right. The other... I think um, misunderstanding that I get is what does it mean to pass inspection? My guess would be is that there's nothing of any safety hazard mm -hmm. or what was the other word that Mark used in his, the next one up above that. Oh, it was a major defect or significant issue is what yeah. he uses. Yeah. So I would say a pass is. But who's passing it? What do you mean it's a passing? trick question. What happens well, if a house stumped? Oh, right. Here. Okay. So here's my point, and this is why I want to explain it, and I I, I don't mean to sound condescending, but w what does it mean to pass inspection? Who's passing that inspection? Who's saying yes, you can buy the house, or no, you can't buy the house? No one is. That's no one is. Buyer. <laughs> exactly. It's not like you pass in your driver's test and you get your driver's license, and BMV says you passed. Gotcha. It's not like that. Okay. There is no entity. I've never heard that there was like a misconception with passing a home inspection. You hear that so. a lot because what, what I get is that people will, you know, will go through a house and go, okay. So, I mean, I guess this is contingent on it passing inspections. What do you mean by that? Because I feel like a lot of buyers think there's someone out there that's going to look at the inspection report and go, mm, put a big red F on it and okay. say you didn't pass. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. Okay. So, I want to just clear that up. That is not a pass-fail it's just more, um, you know, the inspector's not going to say, this house didn't pass inspection. They're just going to say, here here's are the, the components, yes, here's and the here's how I'm going to rank everything. And then as the buyer, it's up to you to decide how you want to proceed. Um, obviously, we talked about there are times that the appraisal can stop a transaction. Yes, that so can happen. So I suppose an appraisal can fail. Yes, but I've never, <laughs> it's not, it's never been coined that way, but yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can but have an appraisal that's subject yeah. to yeah. certain repairs and things like that. Right. But uh, but no one's ever going to say, uh, nope, you can't buy this house. It's up to you to determine how you want to proceed. Um, and so you're going to look at all of these things and uh, and focus on the major defects, significant issues. Um, here, give me a second because we have... <laughs> Like one segment left and, oh, I have three pages left. So let me figure out what we want to, when something comes up in an inspection, I think it's important that you spend time with your realtor to understand your contractual obligations, demand to understand what that is, um, and then understand what further information you need um, before you ask the seller to make repairs. A buyer, we talked about this, a buyer can ask for anything. But what is the buyer contractually obligated to? You mean this? What the seller is contractually? What's the or- seller contractually obligated? Right. Um, let's go to break, and then we'll finish up talking about this and major defects. And I think that'll probably wrap up the show. And we're going to carry this over to another week because it's important stuff, and it is gets a little complicated because it's not something we do in everyday life. So stick around, and we're going to talk about uh, significant issues, major defects, what you can kill a deal for, that kind of thing. So you are listening to Real Real Estate today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Tune in to the Dr. Gladney Radio Show every week for enlightening, provocative, real conversations, advice, and tips that you can use to improve your life. If you feel overwhelmed, confused, stressed, or lost in the cycle of life, this is the show for you. Dr. Gladney and her guests will help you repair, manage, and create an amazing life. No topic is off limits and is discussed with real solutions on our show. That's the Dr. Gladney Radio Show, live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
You know, my mother's always like, you need to make sure you spell your last name, T-O-M-A-R-O, so that people know how to find you. And as I was listening to the voiceover, I thought, do I need to spell Deb? Do people have that D-E-B? That, that made me want to do like a like a cheer. cheer. Yeah. You can come up with a cheer for me. I'll That's work on fine. that. I keep getting phone calls for people that like, I got one last night from some lady from Texarkana. She's like, hey, Deb, just want to let you know that we're a little bit behind on our trip up there. And so we can't meet tomorrow, but we can probably meet Wednesday. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and so I, there's another Debbie in our office, and so I was I texted her. I said, "Are you meeting with some people from Texarkana?" She's like, "No, I don't think so." But I got a call last week too from someone who just started talking about some roof in a neighborhood, and I was like, "I don't know who you are, what you're talking about," and then realized that it was like the wrong Debbie. <laughs> Anyways, so complicated being mean. All right, let's get back to inspections and talk about this really important concept of major defect. Again, we are in Indiana, so I'm telling you kind of what our customary experience is here. I would assume it's pretty similar. I know it's pretty similar in other areas, um, but some other have different uh, rules. So you want to make sure you talk to your realtor and understand this. But in Indiana, the buyer does not have the right to walk away from a house with, because of inspections without asking the seller to make repairs. You have to, if something comes up and it's deemed what in Indiana law is called a major defect, which is those significant issues and those safety hazards, we're going to talk about what the questions are, how you determine if something is a major defect. But if something is a major defect, and the, the buyer could be like, that's fine, I don't care. They're fine with it, they just accept it. That's one option for sure. But you do not have the right to just walk away and not give the seller a chance to make it right because that's the fair thing to do in life, right? Well, um, if, if a buyer tried to do that, then what's the repercussion? Seller if the buyer tries it. to do that, yeah, the seller could keep your earnest money. And I have done that this year, taking a firm stand on some things that have gotten out of hand. Now, you could certainly, I mean, sometimes the seller's like, fine, whatever, we'll move on to the next. And that's, you know, that's the seller's option to allow the buyer to technically be in breach of contract. Because our contract in Indiana states very clearly that the buyer only has the right to terminate the contract if the seller is unable or unwilling to address any major defects. Okay. Which implies that this buyer has to ask, give them the opportunity to try and do that. And some sellers may say, I don't have the money to make that repair or um, may just say, I don't agree with you. And then it kind of gets tied up and gets kind of nasty. Unless, because there's always a but, as Pee Wee Herman would say, everyone I know has big butts. There are a few agents around here who have written in clauses in the contracts that give them the right to walk away for no reason whatsoever because of inspections. They could walk away for anything that was found on the inspection. I usually counter that out. I don't like that. <laughs> it's too open-ended and it takes the house off the market for a couple of weeks while, you're, while the buyer's doing inspections and then they could just turn around and be like, eh, you know, there's one missing shingle and so I don't want the house. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I w- I'm sitting here thinking, how does that benefit that other agent's Client. The seller? Yeah. Doesn't I mean, benefit the seller at all. Benefits the buyer because it gives them an out that say maybe a better house comes on the market in the next two weeks before they finalize inspections. What's and they're of? looking for a way to get out of the first deal that they're in. You'd be like, oh, the toilet's running. Okay. I went out. I don't want the house. It just, there's, it's, it's too open. Like you yep. said, there, it's not very specific. Yep. So, um, so what is this major defect that we keep talking about that we're saying that the sellers, the buyer has to give the seller an opportunity to rectify? Now, I will say that in the contract language says that um, the repair, if, if the seller agrees to do a repair, it has to be done to the buyer's satisfaction. 
So it can't be a you know half-assed repair. It can't be a cheap repair. The buyer you know has to be satisfied with it. So you're not stuck. Everybody's a little bit protected, but we're just trying to encourage fairness in this whole thing. So uh, major defect. There are three things that constitute a major defect. The first is, so these are kind of questions that you would ask. Does it impair the health or safety of the occupants of the home? That would be a major defect. Carbon monoxide leak, major defect. Uh, Windows that don't open, that's a safety hazard. Um, Electrical issues that could cause fires, that's a safety hazard. Mold in the home, any environmental contaminants like that could be a, a safety hazard. Okay, So those are fair game. Again, buyer doesn't have to ask for these things to be repaired. And a lot of times, you know, they're just, uh, if there's stiff competition for the house, they're willing to kind of accept these things to get the house. Um, the second question that you would need to ask to determine if something is a major defect is that if it's not repaired, does it shorten the lifespan of the home? So, for example, if you've got a roof leak, it's dripping on the trusses in the attic, and that's deteriorating the home and causing the roof to cave in, that's a major defect. Anything with water really can be a major defect because it damages and it deteriorates the home. If you have a foundation problem, shortens the lifespan of the home. Um, it's not going to last as long as it should. And then the third one's a little bit trickier for me, but it's something that adversely affects the value of the home. Since we've talked about value being such a subjective thing, I struggle with this one a little bit. But I do have an example. I once bought a home. It was a bank-owned home, another bank-owned home, as an investment property. It had all these crazy additions that were built onto it. Oh, this is the house where he came out of the crawl space and stepped on the snake last week. But they had used a, um, some of the addition of the house. You know, Typically, homes are built on like block foundations or slabs or something. This was built on a post and beam type of construction. And the posts that were in the ground were actually landscape timbers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so kind of small. Not really treated wood like it should be. Um, So that would certainly be deemed a major defect um, because it affects the value of the home. But it also, usually if something affects the value of the home, it also usually shortens the lifespan of the home. Those two kind of tend to go hand in hand. Okay, so don't look at your paper. I'm going to ask you some quiz questions, okay? okay? All right, a hole in a window screen, major defect or not? If they're going FHA. (laughs) (laughs) Not the window, the screen. The screen? The screen. I would not say that's a major defect. No, I would agree with that. It is not a major defect. Doesn't mean the buyer can ask for it to be repaired. Sure. But if the seller says, no, not going to fix that, I don't believe you can kill the contract because of that and get your earnest money back. Okay. Because I don't think it meets the test. Again, I'm not an attorney. So at this point, I'm going to say, you know, you should probably go talk to your attorney. But here's my opinion on what I think would happen. Uh, if something is old but but working, is that a major defect? No, you already answered that in the first one. Did I? I know. Listening? I sound like okay. I'm whining about it. But So, for example, I had some buyers on a listing um, earlier this year. They did the inspection. They came back and they said, well, the furnace and the water heater are old. So we don't want the house. We're going to walk away. And you said, you can't do that. He said, thank you very much. May we have your earnest money, please? <laughs> You, you can't, it's working. And so if buyers, if a brand new furnace and water heater are very important to you, you need to check that out when you're visiting the home. If, a bra- if you're going to kill a deal because the roof's old and you're buying a used home, it's fair to expect that those things are going to be old. Sure. Um, then, then you need to ask that. Um, if there's a chip in a countertop, major defect, no. Oh, I, I would um, I think no. No. <laughs> You're looking at me with those like, no, you need to say no. Uh, rotting subfloor. 
Yes. Yes, major defect. That's a safety hazard. That's a lifespan issue. Uh, Non-functioning refrigerator. No. I would say that's a major defect. If you're including the refrigerator in... Yes, if you're including the refrigerator, which most people do, I would say that's a major defect because I think it affects the value of the home because you're purchasing the home with the understanding of the fridge. Okay, we have one minute left. So we're going to wrap up. Are we really at the end of the show? I guess How so. does that happen? I don't know. We'll have to oh my finish gosh. this up. But. Okay. Did you take notes? Do you have questions? Please send them to me, Deb, at realrealestatetoday.com. You can send them on Facebook. Message me on Facebook. I respond really quickly to those. Uh, that's Deb Tomorrow Realtor, D-E-B-T-O-M-A-R-O. Hi, Mom. Uh, or you can tweet them to me as well. Send me your questions about inspections. We are going to continue on this topic next week, and we're going to answer a lot of um, listener mail questions about inspections because there's a lot more to go to help you understand and make sure that you're protected. Uh, I think that's about it for today. Made it through with no coughs. I'm pretty excited. It's a whole new life for me in front of me. Uh, So we are going to sign off um, saying you are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thanks for listening. Be sure you listen to old archive shows, especially last week's show is really, really good uh, on iTunes and on my website. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.